There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Love the music. That means it is another episode of Playing It Forward. A lot of times you guys will hear me get excited or I'll say, hey, you know, we got a good guest or ooh, this ought to be interesting. But this one is a little different, right? It's There's very few people that I'll talk to that may know me better than myself. Uh, th- th- this guy, we go way back. Uh, he's been to both of my weddings, so I, I hold him accountable for the first one going bad. Um, my old roommate, he is one of the best in the business, a unique character, a lot of lot of different character traits i have my former teammate one of my besties troy dumas uh joins us on this week's playing it forward t doom man what's up buddy not a whole lot man thanks for having me on appreciate it haven't talked to you in a while yeah you know it's interesting usually when we're talking it's hey did you hear about or this isn't going good with this guy i mean this one's just about us man yeah absolutely it's always been a behind a phone call but <laughs> it's always good to just chop it up hey so so how you been man you said you kind of been going through some health things T- tell our tell the fine folks where you're at and kind of what you're doing first let me l- let me set the stage as uh you know workers comp and insurance is is alive and well yeah man uh well, I was doing compliance investigations for the state of Colorado uh, workers compensation division so I was doing that for a while. Um, actually, I had uh, stopped working there um, a few months ago. Um, all these health issues I got going from arthritis to joint replacements to hypertension, those kind of things. So um, I'm kind of just taking it easy right now, focusing on myself and trying to keep myself above above water or above ground. <laughs> so to speak. Well, that's not a bad place to be in, man, where you can kind of take some time, take some self inventory and, and be able to take some time off and still kind of, I'm not going to say laugh about it, but I mean, you're not afraid to poke fun at yourself and make light, man. Some that's a good place to be in, right? Considering you're dealing with health, if you can even afford to take time away from work. Oh, absolutely, man. Yeah. I've been fortunate enough, uh, to be able to do that. I mean, my wife, she, uh, she works for the federal government. And, um, so I got some benefits coming in. So that kind of, kind of helps things out quite a bit and lets me, uh, focus on my health and, and my kids aspirations. So, and which, and we're going to get to that. Cause that's one of the things that I love about you the most, especially following you on Twitter, um, is, Man, do you, I don't know which you love more and maybe they're interchangeable for you. You love coaching more or do you love being a parent more? Man, they go hand in hand. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, uh, you know, I, I've been coaching my kids, baseball, football and all that. So, I mean, it, 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 it's intertwined. I mean, I love, 
uh, doing both. Um, but since I actually became a coach, it, uh, you know, intertwines with what, uh, my kids aspirations are and, you know, they want to, you know, be successful and hopefully, you know, make something of themselves, you know, sports wise, whether I'd be in football or another sport, but, but yeah, I mean, right now, I mean, I always love my kids more than, more than anything else, but, um, a lot of times it, it, it goes hand in hand. So he's a great follow at Troy Dumas son. and be, be forewarned. Yeah. He's not going to just say something unsolicited, but if you ask him and you take him there, he definitely will go there. So uh, if you want honesty and somebody to be forthright, he's at Troy Dumas. Uh, T doom. Let's back up, man. Like um, sure. we're going all the way back to big Sir Ave. Right, we're in. We're we're, we're growing up in in, in Wyoming. Uh, what I would call a military brat, siblings, the whole nine. Give us a little bit of the backstory before you get to East High School, and and uh, and and when you and I bump into one another. Oh man, well, I mean, the backstory. Well, was well, I mean, I grew up a military kid. I was born in California um, on a military installation. March Air Force Base, uh, after about uh, the age of six or so, five or six, my dad actually got stationed uh, in Syracuse, New York, to another military installation uh, called, uh, uh, it was called Hancock Airfield, which no longer exists anymore. They shut that that Air Force Base down. But after uh, living there, we finally moved out to uh, Cheyenne, Wyoming. This was about 1980 or so. Mm. Um, so, you know, um, went to elementary school there. I was telling my kids, yeah, I went to like five different elementary schools before I actually got to middle school and did the whole middle school thing there. Got to high school, uh, did my thing there. Um, you know, I was fortunate enough to, to get a football scholarship. Multi-sport um, athlete. Yeah, I played uh, football, basketball, and track. Uh, I was kind of successful at in the track area, state champ, at two-time state champ, and state record holder in the triple jump. Mm. Um, at four by one hundred, we were state champ, state record holders in that too. Um, but yeah, I was like one of two guys that got uh, a Division One scholarship out of the state of Wyoming that year in nineteen ninety one. The other kid went to Wyoming, so. Um, I was very, very fortunate to, to, to get that scholarship from Nebraska. But I mean, there was a whole lot of athletes that, that are from Cheyenne that didn't get that opportunity for whatever reason. But, um, I was fortunate enough to, to do that and then play for the Huskers. So freshman year went by, um, it was a whole learning process and the sophomore year came up and I get this knock on my dorm door <laughs> asking if I wanted a roommate and it was uh, Damon Benning. I'm like, well, yeah, come on, man. Move in. <laughs> so yeah, we kind of hit it off, uh, uh, ever since that 92, uh, freshman year in the fall. So it's, it's interesting. It's interesting, man, because you have so many, I call them neat qualities, right? Where you're this big presence. If nobody's like, if they haven't seen you, you know, you're six, four, you're, you know, you're 230 pounds and very quiet, 
Um, everybody always thought you were a good-looking guy, and there was kind of always this allure, right? And so you had these 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 qualities, and a, a lot of it, everybody talks about that 92 class and, and, you know, that came in. But really, I always tell people, you know, it started with that 91 group and kind of a toughness mindset and, and an unselfishness and, and being other-centered, right, where – you guys saw some of the guys that came before you, and they were talented, but you didn't want to be like that. I right. want to I want to start with where that came from because, as you know, and our listeners know, like I'm not the easiest guy. I, I like a lot of people, but I'm very particular about right. what I like and what I don't like. Like you're a guy that I naturally gravitated towards. Let's start with where that came from um, at, at home. Well. I, I mean, I'm so different from, from my other two brothers. It's not, I mean, it's, it's, it's <laughs> night and day. I mean, I can't even, I, I really can't even put a finger on it. Um, I, I see. I thought that was awkward, right? Because you really didn't get along with either one of them, but it wasn't, no. in, it wasn't in your nature to be ill-willed. You just knew no. you wanted something different. Yeah, I mean, I, I honestly, Damon, I don't, I don't, I don't know where that 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 came from. I mean, maybe it just came from sitting back and observing. Your so mom was a gentle that, spirit. Yeah, she is. She is um, um, very uh, well. That's a whole different ball of wax, too. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, maybe it's just from back, you know, reserving, um, observing my other two brothers and what was going on in our house and. And things like that that, you know, made me the person who I am. I mean, my work ethic comes from my dad. There's no question about that. Um, my mom is very, she's very quiet, um, very observant, doesn't say a whole lot. So maybe I, that's where I get that from. But, you know, growing up, I remember just, uh, you know, looking at, as well, especially my oldest brother, it's like, yeah, you know, he's showing me everything that I don't want to be, mm. you know, just from his actions and people's reactions to what he's done and, and just, you know, observing that, um, my middle brother, I'm actually pretty close to, I mean, we didn't get along for a long, for a long time. Yeah. But after my dad passed away, it kind of, um, that kind of that relationship kind of rekindled. I mean, because when we were little, we were kind of together all the time. So that kind of <laughs> that relationship got got repaired. But I mean, his personality is I mean, he's he's loud. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's almost to the point to where I don't want to invite him to my my kids games and stuff because it's, it just doesn't have an inside voice. <laughs> you know, so uh, so uh, taking that observing that and you know, watching him grow up and, you know, there's some things about him that I didn't want to be like. <laughs> so, um, I think it, it all just intertwines from me sitting back and, and watching some of the family dynamic unfold and how people reacted to certain situations and things like that. So, so I thought it was pretty cool because, uh, I had, I had a previous roommate. Um, I was a little too much for him. It was highly combustible. Uh, I, I lived with Clinton early child. You're a year older than me. I see you moving into the dorms. I needed a roommate. Um, mm -hmm. 
and and it and it and it worked. I thought it was yeah. I thought it was interesting how and I was slow. I was super slow to come around. <laughs> but I, was there a time where you thought to yourself, like, it, this is a guy that at least will listen? He's a little hard headed, but I think he means well. Or were you like, man, I'm I'm kind of over this guy. Like. I'm not sure what I could, what I can do. Like, where were you kind of with that? Well, I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, just moving in, it, it, I had no problems with it. I mean, honestly, I had moved out of the dorms, um, you know, with a couple guys that were, were irresponsible. Yeah. Which is <laughs> a big came, thing for you. Oh man. We're going to get to that. When it comes to, you know, paying to paying bills and things like that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I was like, well, yeah, eventually I got stuck with a bill, you know, I eventually ended up paying, but it's like, man, I can't do this. <laughs> right. So, and, and a lot of the, the classmates class of 91, you know, a lot of those guys I came in with, um, you know, they already had guys that, you know, they wanted to live with. I was kind of, kind of on my own with that deal. I mean, I really <laughs> didn't meet anybody, you know, in that time period and that, you know, freshman adjustment where, you know, it's like, Hey, let's, uh, let's be roommates. Let's live together. Mm. Um, well, in the dorms, I lived in a corner, um, a corner dorm where there was three of us. There was uh, Charles green and, and Jacques Allen. Um, so Ray town's finest. <laughs> right. So living with those two, uh, you know, for, before a semester, <laughs> after a semester, I was like, man, I can't do this. So, um, there, you know, there's, there's certain expectations, you know, I, I, I had for myself and I expected from somebody that I lived with. So, um, so at that time, yeah, moving in, you know, you knocking on my door. It's like, yeah, I need a room. Man. I'm like, well, cool. Come on in. <laughs> you know, it's funny. So, like, no, but I didn't really have a, a problem with, with you or, you know, having a roommate at all. I mean, I was trying to make friends too, really, to be honest with you. <laughs> Let me ask you something. Cause I, I, I think one of the things that I, that gravit that I gravitated towards and I always, it's going to sound weird, but I, but you and I've had this conversation before. I think one of the things that I could always appreciate about you is you have this resolution in you where, you don't feel like you have to be like anybody else, right? And and I've talked for the last couple of years now where I always felt like I was too black for some, I wasn't black enough for others. And so early on in my growth, I struggled, right? Like, who am I? Like, what do I want to be? I, I'm going to be this thing to these people. I'm going to be this thing to these people. And it was just anarchy, right? You right. you You... Like you, you have this piece about you. You love your art. You love to draw. You like a multitude of different music. Like you weren't like this big, strong, six four, two hundred and thirty pound guy. There was this quiet meekness to you. Like, did you struggle with identity? Kind of being a the the, the Wyoming guy and not like the others. Was that a thing for you? <laughs> You know, it wasn't. I was pretty comfortable in my skin when I got there. That's crazy. But I, but I think that's that's because I grew up on a military installation, and all the friends that I have weren't just black, or they were just white. Mm. I had friends that were black. I had friends that were white. I had friends that were Asian. 
I mean, I had friends all across the spectrum. So, um, you know, and it wasn't, and I spent a good amount of time with all these people. I mean, eventually we all lived in the same neighborhood. Mm. So, you know, it, it, it wasn't like I felt like I had to identify or over identify on, on, on being black. Um, I wanted to be me. I mean, I didn't, I didn't feel comfortable, um, you know, following what everybody else is doing. I mean, you try that, but you get this little burning sensation inside your stomach saying, yeah, I don't know if this, this just isn't for me, mm. <laughs> you know, and, and being me, it was the easiest thing to do, you know, whether it was listen to rap music or hard rock or alternative music or jazz or whatever. Um, I felt comfortable with that. Now, did I catch a lot, <laughs> a lot from people? Well, yeah, absolutely. But I mean, it didn't, you know, people are going to, you know, have those misconceptions or think of you how they want to. But I mean, I know myself better than anybody. And, you know, I felt comfortable, comfortable in my skin before I even got to Nebraska with where I was at. Um, it's with, fu- that's uh, funny too. Teaching me kind of how to do my own laundry, uh, be on, be on a schedule, <laughs> stop sending stuff home to my mom, like to cook, right? Well, Where those things, yeah. I, I, do you remember those days? Like I was I that guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, man, my, my, uh, home situation, I kind of had to figure out, well, yeah, I need to, it I was to tough, to man. Take care of myself. You you but, you, you, know, you downplayed your upbringing until later on in our relationship. Like <laughs> that was your home life was tough. Oh man, yeah. I mean, my mom she uh, she was mentally ill. I mean, she was a diagnosed uh, schizophrenic. So I did not, not know if you were going to go there or not. That <laughs> is, uh, I'm not going to discuss the bizarre things you know that happened. Um, while I was growing up, but yeah, it was tough, but you know, my dad was always gone working. I mean, he didn't make any money. I mean, dude was making 26,000, um, you know, trying to raise three kids and a wife. And so that caused a, you know, a lot of stress, (laughs) a lot of domestic stuff too. So, um, I kind of had to figure out, I remember walking to school one day and just said like walking to school with my brother and I'm like, was this Eric? Myself, I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, man, I got to figure, I got to start, I got to start taking care of myself. Yeah. And it's, so, hey, listen, man, I, it's okay if you got to take some time. I, I figured, and dude, this is why I love you, man. Like, this is what you do and this is who you are. This is, this is why I think you're one of the best in the business. And, and it's weird to have, you know, this former, this weird little former teammate that has always tagged along and looked up to his big brother, man. But this emotion is, I'm telling you, man, it's what makes you you. So you need to take some well, time. Not, I mean, this is not something I talk about. I understand. I understand. You know, I understand. A lot of people don't know that. But, yeah, it. Uh, I mean, it was, it was hard. I mean, a lot of times I was basically on my own, so. When I got to college, I was prepared for that too. <laughs> so, 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 you I'm, know, being able to cook and, and, and clean and wash my own clothes and things like you that. You cut I your mean, own that, hair. Right. 
Right. Well, I kind of learned how to do that because, I mean, every Friday night <laughs> before the games, people are looking for haircuts and whatnot. And I was like, well, I started cutting my own hair and got kind of decent at it. Yeah. Decent enough anyway. Where, you know, I started cutting other people's hair to help them out. So, you know, everybody was looking for that haircut before the game and whatnot. So, so here's, <laughs> so here's the beautiful thing. And we're going to, we're going to, we're going to get to the decisions, the position changes, um, and, and maturing here in a second, but you and I were moving, right? You know, the, fa- you know, the story, you were right there. Yeah. Cause sometimes people see people that are around me the last eight, nine, 10 years, uh, you know, occasionally I'll be telling a story or I'll say, Hey, you know what? I've been to jail a couple of times and, and this, that, and the other, what, what? And I said, yeah, you know, DB, pre forties was not a good, you know, not always easy to be around, right? A lot of identity crisis, a lot of anger issues, um, a lot of excess drinking. I mean, uh, you, you, you name it. Uh, that was me. You, you, you and I are moving, right? And we're moving to a new place. We, we didn't like 17th and L we were going to try something different. We were moving out of the dorms. Of course, you didn't like we, – we stopped to play cards with some young ladies. You didn't like the way that I was driving home. I told you to stop whining, right? Uh, you told me not to talk to you like that. We, we get back to the dorms. We, we hit up on the elevator, and all of a sudden we're fighting. I mean, yeah. a, 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 people will see me today. There's about a little three-quarters inch scar above my right eye. And I always tell people, I said, oh, man, you know, how'd you get that? And I said, learning about life, right? Because cause here's the thing. And, I, and I, when I look at myself sometimes, it's weird how you have this impact on me, right? Because, you know, I talked to you for, what have we been going on? Since I was 17, right? So we're talking 31 years yeah. Yeah. in both of my weddings. I look at this scar and I'm like, you know what? This was the start of growth, right? Not only did I forget you were left-handed. I also, you know, I understand physics, dynamics, six four two thirty five eleven, two hundred. I mean, I'm fighting for my life in a small elevator, but the beauty of it is, I'm obviously I'm gashed open. You know, we're fighting. We make it to the room. We're packing the rest of our stuff. There, there's yeah. there's some candy or whatever, big bags of candy. You had given them to me earlier in the day. You're like, hey, man, you know, whatever, just because you're a giver. I, I think that's really who you are by nature. I mean, you are a right. giver. Um, I'm mad. The police, the campus police are knocking. They want to know what's going on. They somehow break in the room. I throw the candy back at you. Hits a police officer. I'm all of a sudden on the ground. And I can just remember, buzzed and all. You come to my defense. Hey, that's my roommate. He didn't mean it. This, that, and the other. Like, even in the heat of the moment of you, and I'm I'm pretty gashed open, right? I'm I'm trying to keep my eye from. I mean, we we fought. We like literally fought for five minutes, right? And uh, the first person that came to see me in jail that morning, <laughs> I felt like we we're in like state property, right? You're like knocking on the window, picking up the phone, talking to me. Was you right? Yeah. Like. Is that not one of the craziest things ever? Well, I mean, usually when something like that happens, people split and go their own ways, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, uh, 
you know, there was some value there. I mean, there, there's some value there. So, you know, and plus being teammates and whatnot, I mean, we, we had to get that, uh, that clear, cleared up. Um, Isn't and that- on top of that, I mean, you know, the whole anger management and, you know, everything that you were going through at that time, I was already prepared for <laughs> because I already grew up with that kind of thing. Isn't that something in my house? So, so yeah, man, uh, you know, um, so yeah, we had value. <laughs> I mean, we had a good friendship going. I mean, I know there's some, some issues there, you know, on your side that you were having to deal with, you know, relationships and things like that. And that can always brings out the worst in people, <laughs> you know, one way or another. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I was prepared. I mean, I was prepared for all that. So, you know, it's like brothers fighting. That's all it was to me. So, and I, I remember getting stitched up and, you know, I thought the police officers were going to take me home and, and uh, I was still running my mouth to the police officers. And she's like, no, you're going to get stitched and then you're going to jail. So, uh, you know, obviously Coach Osborne got, you know, you can't get out for what then was a felony charge, which was assault of a police officer over the weekend. So I spent a couple of days there, came came back home Sunday night after my parents were crying. You and my mom had a fantastic relationship. Um yeah. So that that obviously helped. But when you look back at that and some of those situations and you saw a lot with teammates, you saw 91, you saw 92, you saw transitioning to 93 with, you know, some high level talent that was exiting Trev and Travis and John Reese and some of these guys. You said something to me one time that I'll never forget. You said the the difference Basically, it was this, and you can put it in your own words. The difference between those years of having high-end talent and not winning versus the the catalyst for 93-94 was not, was not being so selfish. It was caring for one another as teammates. You have any, did you have any idea that like caring for somebody that was at his worst – and you did it on more than one occasion with multiple teammates, was going to be so pivotal in the run that Nebraska was getting ready to make? Well, at that time, no. I mean, really at that time, just trying to keep the peace. But I think uh, (laughs) a lot of that, though, the unselfish part of it wasn't just me. I mean, it was my class as a whole. Yeah. Uh, coming in uh, with, with an unselfish attitude. I remember, uh, you know, we were testing out um, in the Cook Pavilion before uh, we actually started practicing. You know, we're all sitting around and we're like, you know, we're going to win two national championships uh, before we leave here. I mean, Dwayne Harris came out and said that. Yeah. I was like, well, yeah. I mean, we was all on board with that, but I think um, – you know, the most um, unselfish act that was performed with that group was when we got in a street fight with a couple of the locals out there. Oh, Lincoln, yeah. Oh, yeah. Whatever. Weird. I, I was mean, involved that, in that, too. I'm sorry. Well, yeah, that was part two. <laughs> <laughs> part one, I mean, it was like, man, us freshmen, we, we haven't even, we weren't even at the dorms two weeks. We didn't even know each other. Yeah for two weeks and you know something like that popped off and it's like we all just 
gelled together. <laughs> and we was like, yeah, everybody had everybody's back. And from that day on, I mean, there was a change mm. because then it's like, okay, class of 92 comes in. Okay. They're trying to, <clears throat> you know, do, do our antics, but do them at a higher level <laughs> as far as, uh, you know, um, the wildness and things like that missing class. And, well, the first, the first day, you know, or one of the first weekends, Dwayne Harris has the house party and, you know, I'm with Clinton and we probably think we're pretty tough. And I don't think we liked what was going on at that party. And, it that almost turned into a fight. This is right on the cusp of me knowing you, and it's like he said, "You're not going to talk to us like that." I said, well, "Who are you?" I said, well, "Who are you?" And it's like <laughs> I know we're supposed to be teammates, but it's just right. I just felt like, and and maybe it'll come. A lot of that will come to light, and with the new movies coming out, the documentaries between the ninety two or ninety three and ninety seven season, but. Are you? Do you ever look back and think, "Gosh, how it wasn't always rainbows and butterflies." It produced the best fruit, right? Because it was a struggle for a good portion of our careers. Yeah, it was. It was. But you know, I'm not going to name names or whatnot. But I remember, you know, sitting around after, uh, you know, actually before that Florida State game, Orange Bowl game, and us younger younger classmen were sitting back and was like, man, we can't wait till we get a couple of these, a couple of these dudes out of here. <laughs> I mean, because those couple of dudes were, you know, yeah, they weren't about it. No, exactly. And everybody else was getting on that bandwagon. Mm-hmm. And I think even after 93 class came in, it was just more of a, Hey, we're going to bring you in and we're doing this thing together. It's not, it's not an individual thing. Well, Hey, I'm going to get mine and, and screw the team. You know, it was, it was actually turned into a team first operation, Mm. (laughs) but was it a struggle to get there? Absolutely. But I think it got a lot easier after a few guys that uh, left the program. Thanks for listening. That is planet forward. That is part one. Boy, there is a lot in there. Um, He's honest. He's authentic. And uh, we'll give you more. Stay there. We'll be back. Part two coming up with Planet Forward. A Huda Media Production.